0: subscribe to the truth podcast today on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts
1: up next out loud with john o'caldwell part of the gingrich 360 network
0: kim Klasick and candace owens are two of the biggest stars in conservative media right now both have huge platforms both reach so many people both are doing so much for the movement but why are they fighting? I am not happy about this, and I'm gonna tell you why this is Rob Smith is problematic. There is some conservative on conservative infighting that is going on right now that I just I have to give my take on it. So Candace Owens and Kim Klasik have been going at it on Twitter. On Instagram, on social media, through the DMs, all of it, they have just been going at it for about the past week. And if you don't know what, what the tea is, if you don't know what the situation is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break it down for you. First of all, we all know who Candace Owens is. Um, Candace Owens is a, is a conservative media icon. She has a show on the Daily Wire right now. She, was on private jets with Kanye. She founded the Blexit movement. She's basically, she's the biggest thing in the conservative movement right now. Um, if you have not heard about Kim Klasick, Kim Klasick, um, is a young black woman from Baltimore who ran as a congressional candidate in Baltimore, uh, during the, the 2020, um, cycle. She did not win. As a matter of fact, she, she lost. I think it was like 70, 30, something like that. So she lost. She lost fairly big. Um, but she made a huge impact and now she's using a lot of her time. Um, she, I believe that she started a PAC. She's trying to raise Money for for black Republican candidates. She's she's doing her thing. Okay, so first of all, I hate conservative and conservative infighting, but I have to tell you what what the T is. And at first, I thought so. How this started was I believe that. Uh, can, uh, somebody had the wrong idea about Juneteenth. And we talked a, a little bit about Juneteenth. If you listen to me yesterday, if you listen to my podcast, I go into it. There are some people that think that Juneteenth is a, a good holiday for American history. There are some people that think that Juneteenth is being used by the left to promote division. If you know about Juneteenth, Juneteenth is, is the official day that slavery was over. It was when um, word of the end of the Civil War and the end of slavery got back officially to the slaves that were Still being held by Democrats, by the way, in the South. Um So that is what Juneteenth is. We've now celebrated it as an official federal holiday, which is, by the way, one of the campaign promises um of Donald Trump is to make this a federal holiday. So they got into an argument about Juneteenth. Right. And so now this has descended into... Candace Owens basically doing an Instagram live video where she I mean, it's, it's all kinds of stuff that's going on right here. She says um, that Kim Klasik, um used to be a stripper and that, that she was like doing drugs with all of this money that, that she got um, for the campaign. It was just it was just like all kind like creating fake LLCs and with money on just all kinds of stuff. Okay. Um and I like both of these ladies and and you know I'm in I'm in contact with with Kim and and I don't think this is any betrayal um of her for me to just say what's being said. This is like this is what every everybody knows that that is being said, right? So just all kinds of stuff, right? Um, so is this stuff true or is it not? I, I do not know. I'm not a, you know, I, I haven't looked into this stuff. Like I'm not, um, an investigative journalist. I, I do not know. So I'm not really going to take a side here. I'm just going to say, um, that this is what's out. Now, from what I understood it before, um, and, and I'm going to take out all, like the, the stripper stuff and the drugs and like all of that stuff. That, that stuff to me is, is irrelevant. Um, honestly, to tell you the truth. So for me, I know that there was a lot of criticism of Kim Klasek because she went to Baltimore and she lost and she lost big. She, she just did. She, she lost. It was 70 30. There was nothing going on. Um, and there was a lot of criticism and there's a lot of people that are like, okay, well, why did Kim Klasek go to Baltimore? Because those black people don't want us there in Baltimore right? Um, and we need to just let Baltimore slide. We need to just let Baltimore go. We need to just let those people sort of stew in the mess that Democrats have created over the past couple of decades. So this is the idea that people are putting putting forth. The idea that Republicans um, and black conservatives and, and you know conservatives of all stripes or whatever, that we shouldn't just show up in these places. We should say, look, this is what happens when Democrats um, take control of cities and we should just go. And so I happen to disagree with that. Um, I happen to believe that when people gave Kim money, when they gave her money to run in Baltimore to spend all the money that she needed to spend all of that stuff, they did that because they believed in her. And they did that because they believed that it was important for Her to her to be in Baltimore. And it was important for us as Republicans to show up in Baltimore. So now we as Republicans, this is what I believe that Republicans, you can't just say, well, there's so much going on in the black community. That's bad. um, And we need to talk about this gun violence. We need to talk about the culture and we need to talk about all of this other stuff. And we need to talk about how poorly Democrats are doing in these cities like Philly, Detroit, Baltimore, all of that stuff, but then say, well, we don't want to spend our money to try to make a show there. So that's what I honestly think about this. And so the other stuff, and if you want to address, you know, Candace Owens basically going on our IG live and saying that Kim Klasic was a stripper and that she was using all of this stuff. First of all, nobody like if, if look, I'm just going to say it. If Kim Klasic was a stripper, she was a stripper. And there is no judgment of anybody. We like everybody has lived a life out here. Okay? The, every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. And there is no way that me living the life that I've lived, doing the like all of the crazy things that I've done in my life that have got me to this point, I could never sit up on a throne and be of judgment on anybody for anything that they have done in their life that is legal. Okay? So, I just cannot do that. So, that to me, true or false, like that to me is irrelevant. Like, that's not even to me. Um, if she's gonna put that out there, I don't even think that's a slur on, on Kim's character. I think that that's just like a part of her story. And if she wants to come out and say that that's a part of her story and, and confirm or deny or whatever, like that's on her. For me, I just don't care, but I just don't think that it's, a, it's relevant to, to who she is now as a public figure, right? Um, and, and I just thought that that stuff is just a little, that, that stuff is just a little, I, I just wouldn't have went through there anyway. Um, and all of the the LLC stuff and, and the moving the money and all of that other stuff, I think that if there's any sort of truth to that, and I and I think that, you know, if there's truth to it, we'll know. You know, we'll know um if there's truth to there or if there's not truth to it, because people will look into it and people will see. Um and so the conversation there is about people running for office and not having the best intentions. And this isn't about Kim so much because I've interacted with Kim. I know her. I've met her. I do believe you meet a lot of people in this industry. You meet a lot of people in this business. Um, I have met political candidates who are completely false. I have met um, media personalities who are completely fake and and disingenuous and all of that other stuff. I've interacted with Kim on multiple occasions, and I have not gotten disingenuousness from her. I have not gotten false. I've just not gotten fakeness from her. And when you're around politicians that are doing this for the wrong reasons, and there are some politicians that are doing this stuff for the wrong reasons. And and I will. I'm not even going to say their names because I'm not even going to put them out like that. But there are people and this is I, I think that what people are kind of trying to get at with with Kim, although I don't believe this is her based on my interactions, but there are people who will really be out here. And I'm telling you guys, and and there, there will be these black, there'll be black conservatives um, that are really out here running for office. And they have no intention of winning these seats. The only thing that they want to do is they want to get money they want to be flown around on private jets. They want to live lavishly. Um, They want to go to uh fancy restaurants. They want to go to fancy hotels, four-star hotels, all of that other stuff. And there are people that are out here running a grift. And that is absolutely true. Is this Kim Klesik? In my interactions, I haven't seen this stuff. I don't think so. I didn't get that sense from her. But I've gotten sense from a lot of other people that you may or may not know of That are making, that are getting a lot of attention for out here. I'm running against so and so and I'm going to flip this seat. You're never going to flip that seat. You're never going to flip that seat. I'm running against so and so. I'm going to flip this seat. Give me money so I can start shell corporations and I can fly on private jets and I can stay at the four seasons. Um, and I can eat at BLT prime. There are a lot of people doing this. A lot of them all, like a lot of them seem to be coming out of California. Okay, just if I'm thinking about it, I'm not going to say any names, but a lot of them seem to be coming out of California. So that is there. So that reality is there. So watch out for the people who are actually doing this. And so now that is sort of the light, the spotlight that's being shown on Kim Klasik right now. And so is it true or not? I don't know, because I don't have all the facts like I don't know. I'm just giving my take on what exactly is going on. What I do know is this, and this is what I do know. This is what I am 100% sure of, is that both Kim Klasick and Candace Owens are very important people in the conservative movement in general. They're 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 both iconic black conservatives, but they're very important in the conservative movement in general because this is why they are both attractive black women. Who have voices and who have strong voices and who have platforms and who have the opportunity and the power to really do things, to really move the needle, to really change things for the perception of Republicans and for the perception of conservatism and for the perception of who black conservatives are. And I think they're two vastly different people, right? Candace is a flamethrower. Candace gets the flamethrower and she she just goes in on it, right? And what I like about Candace and, and how she navigates her fame and how she navigates her platform is that she is so protected in so many ways you know, uh, you know, just protected financially and and by, via power and, and via security and all of that other stuff that she makes it safer for other people to say the things that will not be so safe to say. And in case in point, she did a Facebook video about George Floyd last summer through the height of all of this stuff. I think it got something like 30 million views on Facebook. So I'm like It was absolutely crazy. But she basically said, why are we worshiping George Floyd? This person was a drug headache. This person held a gun to a pregnant woman's stomach during a home invasion. This is not anybody that black American needs to be worshiping. And she said it and she took the heat and she made it safer for other people to say it. She made it safe for me to say something like that. So she's a a flamethrower, right? Kim is... A politician that is very polished and who's shown a light on exactly what was happening in Baltimore. That was a light that America needed to see. We need to see people like him going into those communities and doing this work and using that clout and starting stuff up. OK. And so I know this is going to sound to you guys like, oh, well, you know, Rob's not taking a side like Rob's doing anything. Look, <laughs> look, I see the value of both of these people. I, I honestly really do. Whether this stuff is real, fake, whatever, I do not know. But it is out there. It just is what it is. And I believe that they both have very important places in the conservative movement. And I hope that they both still continue to be successful in the near future and here on out. Because I think that the movement needs both Candace Owens and Kim Klasick. They don't have to be BFFs. They obviously never will be. But there's space in the movement for both of them, and the movement needs both of them. Media bias is everywhere, especially among people at Fake News CNN who don't even realize that they're biased. You will not believe what one of their biggest stars said about the type of media he consumes. And I will let you know right after the break. We took it all. There is media bias everywhere you look in this country. The media is biased. I know that hating on the mainstream media is such low-hanging fruit. When you're listening to conservative-leaning stuff, I know it's low-hanging fruit. But I love it, and I love to talk about it because I I think that sometimes people don't realize it. And so I want to let you in on a big secret about me. You're just joining us. This is Rob Smith. I am filling in for Buck Sexton. I am the host of the Rob Smith is Problematic podcast. If you like anything that you're hearing, definitely go to iHeart Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, download and subscribe to Rob Smith is Problematic. I am out every Tuesday and Friday. So back to media bias. I I, I need to let you all in on a little secret. This is something that I am not proud of. This is something that uh, actually, you know, it it... It it gives me a, a deep source of shame. But you know what? I, I feel connected with all of you, and I'm just going to let you in on a little secret. I went to the Columbia University Graduate School of Journalism. Oh, my God. I'm so ashamed. I went there. Yes, I did. I graduated from Columbia University with a broadcast journalism degree um, a couple of years back, and I thought that the media had good intentions. I thought that people in it had good intentions. I thought that there was just, you know, MSNBC and CNN and the like was just filled with scrappy journalists who really, truly just wanted to know the truth. They really wanted to ask questions. They really wanted to get into the deeper issues that affect our society. This is what I truly believed. I was brainwashed because the deeper you get into media and the more and more that you see, it is so biased to the left. It has such a liberal bias. It is Actually, crazy. And when you want to talk about, and I'm going to talk a, a little bit about uh, Brian Stelter, our favorite potato over on CNN a little bit later. But when I talk about media bias, you have to understand. How deep it is. And it starts at the school level. I remember being in class, classes that are about actual reporting, that are about actually asking questions. And I remember now, you know, me being a conservative is, is fairly new. Now I came over, I came over to the dark side, so to speak, about, about three years ago publicly and five years ago privately. So even at this time that I was in Columbia for graduate school, uh, in journalism, I, I kind of had some conservative leanings. And I remember one time we were having some sort of conversation about uh illegal immigration um in one of the classes and I, I think I asked a question. I was just like, well, you know, are we allowed to talk about um sort of the negative imp- impacts that that some of this has on society and I and I I think I brought up a real fact that it was about 68% of illegal immigrant households are on some sort of form of government assistance. That is a a real thing that was I believe a statistic from uh the Heritage Foundation. Um and you would have thought you would have thought that I, I I don't know, I'd like defended the Ku Klux Klan or something like that. I mean it was the reaction, the gasps, the looks that I got, oh my God, it was outrageous, and that was when it really um sort of really boiled down to me, and it really occurred to me that these people are not journalists. these people are not interested in journalism. These people are interested um in how facts and data and people's stories and all that stuff can be manipulated in order to push liberal ideology, in order to push um left-wing ideas, in order to push um, the Democrat Party. And that's what I realized at the time, and it was just so crazy to me. But this is really what it is, and I feel like you can't really talk about media, and I can't talk about media without telling you guys, this is this is who I am, and this is what I experienced. So now, Brian Stelter, uh, this is our favorite potato on CNN. He's actually, to me, he is just... He is everything that is wrong with our, our East Coast, West Coast media, right? So this is somebody who was sort of born and raised in, in the New York metro, uh, was in and out of the city doing internships at 16 years old. He started a website called TV News or had every connection that you could possibly have, it was kind of like born into all of this stuff. Uh, and so now he has this show on CNN called Reliable Sources. He could, because he's a media critic, right? Um, and so his uh, this is from from Fox News basically. Um, Brian Stelter draws only six hundred sixty fifty six thousand viewers for the smallest audience of 2021. So he has a show called Reliable Sources on CNN. And the reason that his uh, numbers are probably so low is because he is just in the bubble. And what we're starting to realize right now is that. You know, with the success of people like me and God, look at, you know, Buck Sexton, look at Jesse Kelly, look at all of these people who have kind of like made their own way um, in media and even a voice like mine. So I'm this this black gay guy who, you know, came out as a conservative three years ago um, and, and I've done this completely independently. You know, I started off on social media like I had talent, obviously, you know, um, I this is what I do, but it wasn't going to happen at CNN or MSNBC. I started on Instagram. I started doing videos and then it just blew up from there. And, and here I am, you know, filling in for Buck Sexton. And the reason that Stelter Show is failing, the reason that a lot of these shows in the mainstream media are failing is because people are tired of that perspective. We get an upper class, liberal, elite, perspective of what's going on in D.C., <laughs> D.C., L.A., and in and New York, like, that's all we get. So people want some more. And, you know, he was being interviewed uh by Jonathan Capehart on MSNBC. So Stelter was being interviewed by him. Um, and, and this is what he says about how um, he makes sure that he keeps his media diet healthy play clip for. How can citizens be educated to question propaganda and think critically? It obviously begins early. It begins with students. It begins in the classroom. But I think it also has a lot to do with news literacy programs. And we have seen a lot of investment in media and news literacy uh, with groups of the News Literacy Project trying to instill these values. At the end of the day, we all need to eat a healthy, balanced media diet. That's why I pay for the Washington Post and the LA Times, right? I want to hear the California perspective. I also want to know what's happening in Washington. And I love the way the Post is expanding globally to cover the whole world. I need all of that in my media diet. And we need in our own lives and our own communities to instill those same values. I think a lot of this is on the individual level, one-to-one, trying to help our friends and neighbors seek out real news. he he needs all of it folks he he needs the la perspective and the DC perspective he needs to know what east Coast liberals and west Coast liberals think it's actually brilliant um and I cannot understand why his show is flopping so much with so little of a perspective and and this is the thing you know when it when it comes to to all of this stuff when it comes to media and when it comes to all of these people that that you see and and I I know you know we're bashing the mainstream media I know I'm the media I guess we're all the media nowadays. Everybody, uh, anybody with an iPhone is the media nowadays. But the the issue is, the problem is, is that these people are in such bubbles. These people are in such bubbles, you would have no idea. I remember back in 2016, um, I was not doing any of this stuff yet. I was just doing kind of like my first job out of grad school. I was with this, um, I used to call it the News Mill. We would find stories um, and I would give voice to these stories. I would kind of like rewrite what was already out there would give voice to these stories um, and would put them out there, you know, so the company can get views or whatever. I just the pay was nothing. I was miserable. i I like to had to work at like 6 a.m. It was just not good. This is me doing this right now in this studio. This is a cakewalk compared to the stuff that I did. But anyway. I was in a New York City newsroom through all of 2016. I wasn't on the, I wasn't on the campaign trail. Um, I wasn't doing national news. I wasn't traveling. I wasn't doing anything like that. I was in the New York City bubble, even though I wasn't as liberal as some of these places. I still thought I knew everything. And so what I thought I knew in that New York City liberal bubble was that it was going to be a blowout for Hillary Clinton in 2016. I thought that it was going to be 80%. This is what we all think. This is what happens when you're in the bubble, when you're in New York City media bubbles, or when you're in LA media bubbles, or when you're in Washington D.C. media bubbles, there is not new information that pops that bu- bubble. And the biggest issue that I have with Stelter here, and you know he's being interviewed by Jonathan Capehart, another you know D- D- D.C. elitist, whatever. And the issue that I have with it here is that there is not even the intellectual curiosity. To look at anything outside of that stuff, you know, for me in in how I consume media, I make sure I like, oh, my God, I even watch Joy Reid's show sometimes because I am just interested. I need to know what these people are thinking. I need to know what they are saying. I need to know what the conversation is. So I have to know what liberals are saying. I have to know that perspective. I know um, I, I have an idea about it because I used to be one of them, but I have to know what they are saying right now. And when I do watch this stuff, when I watch CNN or when I watch Joy Reid or when I watch Rachel Maddow, it, it, it just the conversation. They're still talking about Donald Trump. They are so they they did CNN Anderson Cooper over on CNN did some story about um Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump being you know ex like you know um exiled from polite society like who cares and they are still talking about that stuff so the reason why Stoltz show is flopping um the reason why a lot of this stuff is flopping is because they're not talking about anything that any normal person would be interested in and they're also not getting any different viewpoints. And I think that we all need different viewpoints. So no, Brian Stelter, um the Washington Post and the LA Times is not a healthy media diet. Read some Breitbart, read some Daily Caller, read um some Fox News, read actual journalism that is done from a conservative perspective, and read actual journalism that is done from a liberal perspective. That's what you get. That's how you get the truth. Um so look There's media bias everywhere. Brian Stelter is terrible. His show is flopping. He probably needs to get out of media. Up next, it is Pride Month, as you may have seen with all of your favorite corporations changing their logos to rainbow. But it is all a scam, and I will tell you exactly why it is and how far the far-left LGBTQ has gone after the break. It is lgbt pride month as you may have noticed you may have seen your favorite corporations uh with the rainbow flags and with all of this other stuff you may if you've got a preschool kid that watches blues clues you probably saw a cartoon drag queen singing about non-binary uh dolphins or something like that on there and yes that is an absolutely true thing um that has happened uh i talk about the fight of the LGBTQ a lot in my podcast, Rob Smith is Problematic. If you are enjoying this, definitely go to iHeart uh, Podcast or Apple Podcast, download and subscribe if you want a little bit more of this. But yes, Pride Month is a scam. And I say this as a gay man, but not a leftist. Um, there is so much going on that is so crazy. I don't even have enough time to get into it. But let's just get into right now. There is a war on women that is going on in the left, and it is under the guise of quote unquote LGBTQ. LGBTQ rights, Right. Right. Um, and these things generally have nothing to do with gays and lesbians and everything to do with transgender people. So you may or may not know that we have the first transgender woman that is going to be going to the Olympics as a weightlifter. This uh, woman, her name is Laurel Hubbard. And this is somebody um, who it, it, look, this is somebody who came out as transgender in 2013, about eight years ago. Right. And previously competed as a man. Right. Um, And so this person had full male puberty, musculature developed as a male, everything Um, went through 35 years of male muscular development, but is now participating in the 2020 Olympic Games as a transgender athlete competing against women, pushing women out. And this is what the far left LGBTQ is pushing nowadays. They're pushing transgender issues. the, The rights of gays and lesbians, look, gays and lesbians can serve in the military, um, you know, uh, get married, all of the other stuff. We're good. Like, I'm a gay guy. I'm good. Nobody's oppressing me. That's over. So now they're pushing all of this trans stuff. And now, you have people that are actually starting to speak out about this stuff. There's a woman that wrote a fantastic book, Um, a woman named Abigail Schreier. She was a, a, a journalist and opinion columnist, I believe, for the Wa- uh, Wall Street Journal. She wrote a book called Irreversible Damage about this very issue. If you're into it, read it. But back to um, this transgender woman that is taking spots away from women in the Olympic Games. Um, Brett Favre, former Green Bay Packers quarterback, said, on Tuesday, during his podcast, he has a podcast with Eric Bowling. Brett Favre said, "Basically, it's a man. This is a man competing as a woman. That's unfair. It's not fair for a man, even if this person wants to be a woman or feels compelled. If you want to become the opposite sex, that's fine. I got no problem with it. But you can't compete against males. Cannot compete against females. If I was a true female, I can't believe I'm saying that. And I was competing in weightlifting and lost to this person. I would be beside myself." But this is what's going on. This is what is actually happening under the guise of of pride, under the guise of quote-unquote LGBTQIA++ rights. This stuff has everything to do with – it has absolutely nothing to do with gays and lesbians and everything to do with transgender people. And so this is the agenda that they're pushing on. And so the agenda um is so strong that Brett Favre – I'm surprised that he even said anything about it. I guess that he's not afraid of being canceled anymore. And, and, and the, you will notice about this. He made these remarks um, yesterday and there has not been some big outrage. There's not been some mob trying to cancel Brett Favre because now most people are coming along, coming around to the idea that having men who feel like they're women or have transitioned to women or whatever compete against women naturally born is wrong. It is just not right. And so for me, as a gay guy, I'm excommunicated from all this stuff because the 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 good gay and lesbian liberals on the left are so afraid to speak out. They are so afraid to speak what's actual truth. And now the far left LGBT plus QQ whatever pride lobby. Now they have got women on the left, quote, uh, quote unquote feminists, too afraid to speak out about this. So they will say absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. So now there is a Belgian weightlifter named Anna Anna von Belligen. That's quite the name. Um, so she competed about this as well. Or she, she said something about this as well. This is what she said. Anyone that has trained weightlifting at a high level knows this to be true in their bones. This particular situation is unfair to the sport and to the athletes. Life-changing opportunities are missed for some athletes, medals, and Olympic qualifications. And we are powerless. They are powerless. And this is the saddest thing, because now the far left LGBTQ is all about infiltrating your kids' cartoons. Like I said, this is a Blue's Clues cartoon with the drag queen. Um, they're all about basically eliminating women's spaces, um, uh, allowing transgender women, allowing women, people who feel that they're women to basically come in and, and claim that mantle of womanhood. All of that stuff, this stuff has absolutely zero to do with the average life. Of a gay or lesbian person in America. It has zero to do with any of it. And this is all about pushing that agenda. And when I say that the Pride Month is a scam, when I say it's a scam and what it has become with this far left LGBTQ lobby, and I want all of you guys to know, do not ever mistake any Freedom loving gay and lesbian America with this far left LGBTQ lobby because that does not represent most of us. What this is all about is pushing is, is pushing leftism and raising money and, and raising money for Democrats to push Democrat causes. That is what this is all about. So every major movement, right? Whether it was the gay and gay and lesbian rights movement, whether it was the feminist movement, anything that has come off, it will always, always, always be taken over by leftism. We saw it with me too. We are seeing it with the far-left um, LGBTQ movement, whatever you want to call it. We're seeing it with this Pride Month scam. We're seeing it. So what we're seeing right now is the implosion of a movement. It is crazy. Cartoon drag queens. Comprehensive um, sex ed in schools. So like All of this other stuff. As a gay guy, for me, I'm just like, I'm out. I can't deal with any of this stuff. This does not represent who I am as a gay man. Look, i I like I just, I just wanna like get married, like have a job, work, do my thing. I believe in freedom, I believe in America, all of that stuff. This has nothing to do with me. Pride month is a scam, and take it from a gay guy, it is a scam. Next up, Brittany Spears is the name on everybody's tongue now that she has finally been able to use her voice and speak out about the conservativeship that she has been held in since two thousand seven. We're gonna get into that after the break. Hashtag free Britney used to be a joke. Now it's a very real thing. Britney Spears finally speaking out about the conservatorship and her experience within it. Uh, the conservatorship that she has been held in since 2007. Now, remember, back in 2007, Britney Spears shaved her head. She kind of had a mental breakdown in public. And, you know, I, look, I, we are all guilty of kind of like laughing at that at the time. We used to laugh at celebrities. I think that the way that we treat celebrities, particularly young female uh, celebrities, has changed over the past decade or so. Um And a lot of people have a lot of compassion her right now for what she's going through i want you to listen to um a a small clip this is britney spears um talking about what she has been going through um during this conservatorship uh play clip 19.
1: the last time i spoke to you by just keeping the conversation conservatorship going and also keeping my dad in the loop made me feel like i was dead like i didn't matter like nothing had been done to to me like you thought i was lying or something i'm telling you again because I'm not lying. I want to feel heard. And I'm telling you this again. So maybe you can understand the depth and the degree and the damage that they did to me back then. I want changes and I want changes going forward. I deserve changes. I was told I have to sit down and be evaluated again if I want to end the conservatorship. Ma'am, I didn't know I could petition the conservatorship to end, end, end it. I'm sorry for my ignorance, but I honestly didn't know that. But honestly, but I don't think I owe anyone to be evaluated. I've done more than enough. I don't feel like I should even be in room with anyone to offend me by trying to question my capacity of intelligence whether i need to be in this stupid conservatorship or not i've done more than enough i don't owe these people anything especially me the one that has roofed and fed tons of people on tour on the road it's embarrassing and demoralizing what i've been through and that's the main reason i've never said it openly and mainly i didn't want to say it openly because i honestly don't think anyone would believe me
0: so when you listen to that voice, that is not the voice of a little girl. That is not the voice of somebody that is crazy. That is a voice of a grown woman who wants to take control of her life. And there's a lot of stuff that I couldn't even share. There's a lot of stuff um the, the family members are forcing her to to keep an IUD um, to to prevent her presence, her pregnancy um inside of her. Um, so they're forcing her to keep this thing in. She wants to marry a boyfriend. She wants to have another kid. She wants to do all this other stuff. So this is crazy. And if you guys are like me, you know, you've uh, seen this hashtag Free Britney movement. And I thought it was just like a bunch of, you know, crazy, like pop obsessed, you know, kids that were doing this. But they really have a point. And, you know, there is an evil um that goes on in the entertainment industry and in Hollywood. And I think that we're just now really starting to scratch the surface of how, you know, these young pop stars are, are manipulated and controlled. And this is actually really crazy. So, look. Um, I'm glad that this is all coming out. This is obviously a national conversation. There was a, a, a documentary on Hulu about this. I think Hulu and the New York Times did a documentary about this whole thing. Um, I highly recommend that you watch this. And I know that this is not something that we would typically be talking about on a political show. But this is very important because this is, you know, one of the conservative activists that I follow said that this IUD thing is like where pro-life um, and, and pro-choice can come together. And say this is absolutely wrong, um, and the entertainment industry is evil. This is just one example of it, um, and I've had conversations with with some people that used to be in that industry that would literally make your skin crawl. But I do not have enough time. Ah!